Sojourn, Chapter 14, Monteleo's Test Well, I have waited long enough, Monteleo said sternly late one afternoon. He gave the drow another shake. Waited? Drizzt asked, wiping the sleep from his eyes. Are you a fighter or a wizard? Monteleo went on. Or both? One of those multi-talented types. The elves of the surface are known for that. Drew's expression twisted in confusion. I am no wizard, he said at length. Keeping secrets, are you? Monteleo scolded, though his continuing smirk lessened his gruff facade. He pointedly straightened himself out inside of Driz's bedroom hole and folded his arms over his chest. That will not do. I've taken you in, and if you are a wizard, I must be told. Why do you say that? asked the perplexed drow. Wherever did you— Hooter told me, Monteleo blurted. Driz was truly confused. In the fight when we first met— Monteleo explained. You darkened the area around yourself and some orcs. Do not deny it, wizard. Hooter told me. That was no wizard's spell, Driz protested helplessly. And I am no wizard. No spell? echoed Monteleo. A device, then. Well, let me see it. Not a device, Driz replied. An ability. All drow, even the lowest ranking, can create globes of darkness. It is not such a difficult task. Monteleo considered the revelation for a moment. He had no experience with dark elves before Driz to come into his life. What other abilities do you possess? Fairy fire, Driz replied. It's a line of, I know the spell, Monteleo said to him. It is commonly used by woodland priests. Can all drow create this as well? I do not know, Drizzt answered honestly. Also, I am, or was, able to levitate. Only drowned nobles can accomplish that feat. I fear that that power is lost to me, or soon shall be. That ability has begun to fail me since I have come to the surface, as my piwafui, my boots, and my drow-crafted scimitars have failed me. Try it, Monteleo offered. Driz concentrated for a long moment. He felt himself growing lighter. Then he lifted off the ground. As soon as he got up, though, his weight returned and he settled back to his feet. He rose no more than three inches. Impressive, Monteleo muttered. Driz only laughed and shook his white mane. May I go back to sleep now? He asked, turning back to his bedroll. Monteleo had other ideas. He had come to further feel out his companion to find the limits of Drizzt's abilities, wizardly or otherwise. A new plan came to the ranger, but he had to set it into motion before the sun went down. Wait, he bade Drizzt. You can rest later, after sunset. I need you now, and your abilities. Could you summon a globe of darkness, or must you take time to contemplate the spell? A few seconds, Drizzt replied. Then get your armor and weapons, Monteleo said, and come with me. Be quick about it. I do not want to lose the advantage of daylight. Driz shrugged and got dressed. 
then followed the ranger to the grove's northern end, a little-used section of the woodland complex. Montalio dropped to his knees and pulled Driz down beside him, pointing to a small hole on the side of a grassy mound. "'A wild boar has taken to living in there,' the old ranger explained. "'I do not wish to harm it, but I fear to get close enough to make contact with the thing. Boars are unpredictable at best.' A long moment of silence passed. Driz wondered if Montalio simply meant to wait for the boar to emerge. "'Go ahead, then,' the ranger prompted. Driz turned on him incredulously, thinking that Montalio expected him to walk right up and greet the uninvited and unpredictable guest. "'Do it,' the ranger continued. "'Enact your darkness globe right in front of the hole, if you please.' Driz understood and his relieved sigh made Montalio bite his lip to hide his revealing chuckle. A moment later, the area before the grassy mound disappeared in blackness. Montalio motioned for Driz to wait behind and headed in. Driz tensed, watching and listening. Several high-pitched squeals issued forth suddenly. Then Montalio cried out in distress. Driz leaped up and charged in headlong, nearly tripping over his friend's prostrate form. The old ranger groaned and squirmed and did not answer any of Drow's quiet calls. With no boar to be heard anywhere about, Driz dropped down to find out what happened and recoiled when he found Montalio curled up, clutching his chest. Montalio! Driz breathed, thinking the old man seriously wounded. He leaned over to speak directly into the ranger's face, then straightened quicker than he had intended as Montalio's shield slammed into the side of his head. It is Drizd! the drow cried, rubbing his developing bruise. He heard Montalio jump up before him, then heard the ranger's sword come out of its scabbard. "'Of course it is!' Montalio cackled. "'But what of the boar?' "'Boar? Ha!' Montalio echoed. "'There is no boar, you silly drow. There never was one. We are the opponents here. The time has come for some fun!' Now Drizzt fully understood— Montalio had manipulated him to use his darkness merely to take away his advantage of sight. Montalio was challenging him on even terms. Flat of the blade, Drizzt replied, quite willing to play along. How Drizzt had loved such tests of skill back in Menzabaranzan with Zaknafane. For the sake of your life, Montalio retorted with a laugh that came straight from his belly. The ranger sent his sword arcing in, and Drizzt's scimitar drove it harmlessly wide. Drizzt countered with two rapid and short strokes straight up the middle, an attack that would have defeated most foes but did no more than play a two-note tune on Montalio's well-positioned shield. Certain of Drizzt's location, the ranger shield-rushed straight ahead. Drizzt was pushed back on his heels before he managed to get out of the way. Montalio's sword came in again from the side, and Drizzt blocked it. The old man's shield slammed straight ahead again, and Drizzt deflected his momentum, digging his heels in stubbornly. The crafty old ranger thrust the shield up high then, taking one of Driz's blades, and a good measure of the drow's balance along with it, then sent his sword screaming across at Driz's midsection. Driz somehow sensed the attack. He leaped back on his toes, sucked in his gut, and threw his rump out behind him. For all his desperation, he still felt the rush as the sword whisked past. Driz went on the offensive, launching several cunning and intricate routines that he believed would end this contest. Montalio anticipated each one, though, for all of Driz's efforts were rewarded with the same sound of a scimitar on shield. 
The ranger came on then, and Drizzt was sorely pressed. The drow was no novice to blind fighting, but Montalio lived every hour of every day as a blind man and functioned as well and as easily as most men with perfect vision. Soon Drizzt realized that he could not win in the globe. He thought of moving the ranger out of the spell's area, but then the situation changed suddenly as the darkness expired. Thinking the game was over, Drizzt backed up several steps, feeling his way with his feet up the rising tree root. Montalio regarded his opponent curiously for a moment, noting the change in fighting attitude, then came on, hard and low. Driz thought himself very clever as he dove headlong over the ranger, meaning to roll to his feet behind Montalio and come back in from one side or the other as the confused human spun about, disoriented. Driz didn't get what he expected, though. Montalio's shield met the drow's face as he was halfway over, and Driz groaned and fell heavily to the ground. By the time he shook the dizziness away, he became aware that Montalio was sitting comfortably on his back, sword resting across Driz's shoulders. How? Driz started to ask. Montalio's voice was as sharp-edged as Driz had ever heard it. You underestimated me, Drow. You considered me blind and helpless. Never do that again. Driz honestly wondered for just a split second if Montalio meant to kill him, so angry was the ranger. He knew that his condescension had wounded the man, and he realized that Montalio de Brucci, so confident and able, carried his own weight upon his old shoulders. For the first time since he had met the ranger, Driz considered how painful it must have been for the man to lose his sight. What else, Driz wondered, had Montalio lost? So obvious, Montalio said after a short pause. His voice had softened again with me charging in low as I did. Obviously only a few sensed the darkness spell had ended, Driz replied, wondering how disabled Montalio truly was. I would never have attempted that diving maneuver in the darkness without my eyes to guide me. Yet how could a blind man know that the spell was no more? Ah, you told me yourself, Montalio protested, still making no move to get off of Driz's back. In attitude, the sudden shuffle of your feet, too lightly to be made in absolute blackness, and your sigh, Drow. The sigh belied your relief, though you knew it by then that you could not beat me without your sight. Montalio got up from Drizzt, but the Drow remained prone, digesting the revelations. He realized how little he knew about his companion, how much he'd taken for granted when Montalio was concerned. Come along, then. Montalio said. The night's first lesson is ended. It's a valuable one, but there are other things that we must accomplish. You said that I could get some sleep, Driz reminded him. I had thought you more competent. Montalio replied immediately, casting a smirk the prone drow's way. While Driz eagerly absorbed the many lessons Montalio set out for him, that night and in the days that followed, the old ranger gathered his own information about the drow. Their work was most concerned with the present, Montalio teaching Drizzt about the world around him and how to survive in it. Invariably, one or the other, usually Drizzt, would slip in some comment about the past. It became almost a game between the two, remarking on some distant event, more to measure the shocked expression on the other than to make any relevant point. Montalio had some fine anecdotes about his many years on the road, 
tales of valorous battles against goblins, and humorous pranks that the usually serious-minded rangers often played on one another, Driz remained a bit guarded about his own past, but still his tales of Mensa Baronzen, of the sinister and insidious academy and the savage wars pitting family against family, went far beyond anything Montalio had ever imagined. As great as the drow's tales were, though, Montalio knew that Drizzt was holding back, was carrying some great burden on his shoulders. The ranger didn't press Drizzt at first. He kept his patience, satisfied that he and Drizzt shared principles, and, as he came to know with the drastic improvement of Drizzt's ranger skills, a similar way of viewing the world. One night, beneath the moon's silvery light, Drizzt and Montalio rested back in wooden chairs that the ranger had constructed high in the boughs of a large evergreen. The brightness of the waning moon, as it dipped and dodged behind fast-moving scattered clouds, enchanted the drow. Montalio couldn't see the moon, of course, but the old ranger, with Gwenhyver comfortably draped across his lap, enjoyed the brisk night no less. He rubbed a hand absently through the thick fur on Gwenhyver's muscled neck, and listened to many sounds carried on the breeze, the chatter of a thousand creatures that the drow never even noticed, even though Drizzt's hearing was superior to Montalio's. Montalio chuckled every now and then, once when he heard a field mouse squealing angrily at an owl, Hooter probably, for interrupting its meal and forcing it to flee into its hole. Looking at the ranger and Gwenhyver, so at ease and accepting of one another, Drizzt felt the pangs of friendship and guilt. "'Perhaps I should never have come,' he whispered, turning his gaze back to the moon. "'Why?' Montalio asked quietly. "'You do not like my food?' His smile disarmed Drizzt as the drow turned back to him somberly. "'To the surface, I mean,' Drizzt explained, managing a laugh in spite of his melancholy. "'Sometimes I think my choice a selfish act.' "'Survival usually is,' Montalio replied. I have felt that way myself on some occasions. I was once forced to drive my sword into a man's heart. The harshness of the world brings great remorse. But, mercifully, it is a passing lament, and certainly not one to carry into battle. How I wish it would pass, Driz remarked, more to himself or to the moon than to Montalio. But the remark hit Montalio squarely. The closer he and Drizzt had become, the more the young rangers shared Drizzt's unknown burden. The drow was young by elf standards, but was already worldwise and skilled in battle beyond most professional soldiers. Undeniably, one of Drizzt's dark heritage would find barriers in an unaccepting surface world. By Montalio's estimation, though, Drizzt should be able to get through these prejudices and live a long and prosperous life given his considerable talents. What was it, Montalio wondered, that so burdens this elf? Drizzt suffered more than he smiled and punished himself more than he should. Is yours an honest lament? Montalio asked him. Most are not, you know. Most self-imposed burdens are founded on misperceptions. We, at least we of sincere character, always judge ourselves by stricter standards than we expect others to abide by. It is a curse, I suppose, or a blessing, depending on how one views it. 
he cast his sightless gaze Drizway. Take it as a blessing, my friend, an inner calling that forces you to strive to unattainable heights. A frustrating blessing, Driz replied casually. Only when you do not pause to consider the advantages that the striving has brought to you, Montalia was quick to reply, as though he had expected the drow's words. Those who aspire to less accomplish less. There can be no doubt. It is better, I think, to grab at the stars than to sit flustered because you know you cannot reach them. He sought Drizzt his typical rise smile. At least he who reaches will get a good stretch, ha, a good view, and perhaps even a low-hanging apple for his effort. And perhaps also a low-flying arrow fired by some unseen assailant, Driz remarked sourly. Montalio tilted his head helplessly against Driz's unending stream of pessimism. It pained him deeply to see the good-hearted drow so scarred. He might indeed, Montalio said, a bit more harshly than he had intended. But the loss of life is only great to those who chance to live it. Let your arrow come in low and catch the huddler on the ground, I say. His death would not be so tragic. Drizzt could not deny the logic, nor the comfort the old ranger gave to him. Over the last few weeks, Montalio's off-handed philosophies and way of looking at the world, pragmatically yet heavily edged with youthful exuberance, put Drizzt more at ease than he'd ever been since his earliest training days in Zach Nefane's gymnasium. But Drizzt also could not deny the inevitably short lifespan of the comfort. Words could soothe, but they could not erase the haunting memories of Drizzt's past. The distant voices of dead Zach Nefane, dead Clacker, and the dead farmers. A single mental echo of Drizzt vanished hours of Montalio's well-intended advice. Enough of this cock-eyed banter, Montalio went on, seeming perturbed. I call you friend, Drizduarden, and I hope you call me the same. What sort of friend might I be against this weight that stoops your shoulders unless I know more of it? I am your friend, or am I not? The decision is yours, but if I am not, then I see no purpose in sharing nights as wondrous as this beside you. Tell me, Drizd, or be gone from my home. Driz could hardly believe that Montalio, normally so patient and relaxed, had put him in such a spot. The drow's first reaction was to recoil, to build a wall of anger in the face of the old man's presumptions and cling to that which he considered personal. As the moment passed, though, and Driz got beyond his initial surprise and took the time to sift through Montalio's statement, he came to understand one basic truth that excused those presumptions. He and Montalio had indeed become friends, mostly through the ranger's efforts. Montalio wanted to share in Drizzt's past, so that he might better understand and comfort his new friend. Do you know of Manzabaranzan, the city of my birth and of my kin? Drizzt asked softly, even speaking the name pained him. And do you know of the ways of my people, or the Spider Queen's edicts? Montalio's voice was somber as he replied, Tell me all of it, I beg of you. Drizzt nodded. Montalio sensed the motion even if he could not see it, 
and relaxed against the tree. He stared at the moon, but actually looked right past it, his mind wandering back through the adventures, back down that road to Menzoberranzan to the academy, and to House to Harden. He held his thoughts there for a while, lingering on the complexities of drow family life, and on the welcomed simplicity of his times in the training room with Zach Nefane. Montalio watched patiently, guessing that Drizzt was looking for a place to begin. From what he had learned from Drizzt's passing remarks, Drizzt's life had been filled with adventure and turbulent times, and Montalio knew that it would be no easy feat for Drizzt, with his still limited command of the common tongue, to accurately recount all of it. Also, given the burdens, the guilt, and the sorrow the drow obviously carried, Montalio suspected that Drizzt might be hesitant. I was born on an important day in the history of my family. Drizzt began. On that day, House to Arden eliminated House to Veer. Eliminated? Massacred, Drizzt explained. Montalio's blind eyes revealed nothing, but the ranger's expression was clearly one of revulsion, as Drizzt had expected. Drizzt wanted his companion to understand the horrible depths of drow society, so he pointedly added, And on that day, too, my brother Dinan drove his sword through the heart of our other brother, Nalfane. A shudder cursed up Montalio's spine, and he shook his head. He realized that he was only just beginning to understand the burdens that Drizzt carried. It is the drow way, Drizzt said calmly, matter-of-factly, trying to impart the Dark Elves' casual attitude towards murder. There is a strict structure of rank in Menzoberranzan. To climb it, to attain a higher rank, whether as an individual or a family, you simply eliminate those above you. A slight quiver in his voice betrayed Driz to the ranger. Montalio clearly understood that Driz did not accept the evil practices and never had. Driz went on with his story, telling it completely and accurately, at least for the more than forty years he'd spent in the Underdark. He told of his days under the strict tutelage of his sister Verna, cleaning the house chapel endlessly and learning of his innate powers and his place in drow society. Drizzt spent a long time explaining the peculiar social structure to Montalio, the hierarchies based on strict rank and the hypocrisy of drow law, a cruel facade screening a city of utter chaos. The ranger cringed as he heard of the family wars. They were brutal conflicts that allowed for no noble survivors, not even children. Montalio cringed even more when Drizzt told him of drow justice, of the destruction wreaked upon the house that had failed its attempt to eradicate another family. The tale was less grim when Driz told of Zach Defane, his father and dearest friend. Of course, Driz's happy memories of his father became only a short reprieve, a prelude to the horrors of Zach Defane's demise. My mother killed my father, Driz explained soberly. His deep pain evident sacrificed him to Loth for my crimes, then animated his corpse and sent it out to kill me, to punish me for betraying the family and the Spider Queen. It took a while for Driz to resume, but when he did, he again spoke truthfully, even revealing his own failures in his days alone in the wilds of the Underdark. I feared that I had lost myself and my principles to some instinctive, savage monster. 
Drist said, verging on despair. But then the emotional wave that had been his existence rose again, and a smile found his face as he recounted his time beside Belwar, the most honored Schwerfneblin borough warden, and Clacker, the peck who had been polymorphed into a hook horror. Expectedly, the smile proved short-lived, for Drizzt's tale eventually led him to where Clacker fell to Matron Malice's undead monster. Another friend had died on Drizzt's behalf. Appropriately, by the time Drizzt came to his exit from the Underdark, the dawn peeked through the eastern mountains. Now Drizzt picked his words more carefully, not ready to divulge the tragedy of the farming family for fear that Montalia would judge him and blame him, destroying their newfound bond. Rationally, Driz could remind himself that he had not killed the farmers, had even avenged their deaths. But guilt was rarely a rational emotion, and Driz simply could not find the words. Not yet. Montalio, aged and wise with animal scouts throughout the valley, knew that Driz was concealing something. When they'd first met, the drow had mentioned a doomed farming family, and Montalio had heard of a family slaughtered in the village of Maldabar. Montalio didn't believe for a minute that Driz could have done it, but he suspected that the drow was somehow involved. He didn't press Driz, though. Driz had been more honest and more complete than Montalio had expected, and the ranger was confident that the drow would fill in the obvious holes in his own time. "'It is a good tale,' Montalio said at length. "'You have been through more in your few decades "'than most elves will know in three hundred years. "'But the scars are few, and they will heal.' Drizzt, not so certain, put a lamenting look upon him, "'and Montalio could only offer a comforting pat on the shoulder "'as he rose and headed off for bed. "'Drizzt was still asleep when Montalio roused Hooter "'and tied a thick note to the owl's leg.' Hooter wasn't so pleased at the ranger's instructions. The journey could take a week, valuable and enjoyable time at this height of the mousing and mating season. For all those whining hoots, however, the owl would not disobey. Hooter ruffled its feathers, caught the first gust of wind, and soared effortlessly across the snow-covered range to the passes that would take it to Maldabar, and beyond that to Sundabar, if need be. A certain ranger of no small fame, a sister of the Lady of Silvery Moon, was still in the region, Montalio knew this from his animal connections, and he charged Hooter with seeking her out. "'Will there be no end to it?' the sprite whined, watching the burly human pass along the trail. First the nasty drow, and now this brute! Am I never to be rid of these troublemakers?' Tifana slapped his head, and stamped his foot so rapidly that he dug himself a little hole. Down on the trail— the big, scarred yellow dog growled and bared its teeth, and Tifanus, realizing that his pouting had been too loud, zipped in a wide semicircle crossing the trail far beyond the traveler and coming up on the other flank. The yellow dog, still looking in the opposite direction, cocked its head and whimpered in confusion. <laughs>